The time is now. What is the secret to success? Movement. People look at you strange saying you change, like you work that hard to stay the same. Like you're doing all this for a reason. Hard work. Yeah. Works. So welcome to the latest trainers talk. Um, I recently I've gotten several uh, questions from clients and on social of that I thought were kind of interesting and some of the things that I've been following lately. I kind of wanted to go over. So one of the questions I got is how um, do you? It came from one of my team members. How do you say no? And um, when you work in a hospitality setting, and one of the things that I think one of the the best people who work in this world where they work with clients or they work in a service atmosphere is the best uh, people know how to say yes as much as possible, but say it in a way that, um, you know, keeps the ball moving. But then they usually have a tough time of how to say no because they want to be of service and they want to, you know, have a reputation of being a go-getter, somebody people can count on. And it's kind of hard to find that way of, of finding what your no is and how to present it in a way that's, you know, least offensive um, for those who are worried about it. So I, to be completely honest, I am still working on this. Is, I'm in this phase right now where I'm trying to learn how to be very careful of, of what I take on because of the commitments I've already uh, gotten. And what's, it's a, it's a nice situation. Sometimes it can be a nice situation to be in when you have more work coming in than sometimes you can, you can do. And I think the biggest picture is setting your boundaries and your overall spectrum of what your goals are. If your goal for right now, for us, uh, my goal is to continue to grow the business in the verticals that we currently do. So we want to um, enhance that part up to the point of quality. So as soon as we feel like quality is dropping, then we look at what constraint was within the business to stop it. But if we don't feel like we control that constraint and the time necessary to complete whatever task this person's asking me who I have to say no to, then I've learned to just say at the current time, we don't have the time or the resource to fill the standard as necessary. And that's kind of been my way of saying no. Now, sometimes it also comes at points when we're at really high levels of work, like high season. So right now we're in the middle of the high season and the focus is, is really committing to a high level, the level of service that is important for our reputation and our brand as a wellness company. In the off season, we, we often look to, to grow our partnerships um, when we have a chance to regroup and, and retool the, the team for the upcoming seasons. But right now we're hunting. So we're right now, we're in the focus of the day-to-day. We're, we're trying to, you know, we're booking 
um, big group uh, type of opportunities for corporate uh, things that are happening across the valley, things that are happening with brands outside the valley. And so we made those commitments to those brands earlier this year, our partners that we've been working with for years now. That is our focus. And that is the thing that makes it easier for me to say no, is that come back to me. That's always something I say within the no, unless it's something that just doesn't make sense within our motto of thinking. And if it doesn't make sense within our model of where we're trying to go, I just let the person know that this is just not the right fit. The next uh, question I, I got is, how do you find time for yourself when you're in a maintenance phase? How do you, you know, you hit your goal, you've been grinding, or when you get, are you really close to the goal? And how do you find that phase of maintenance? What does maintenance look like to you? Well, I think one of the big things that I do within my program personally, when I'm working uh, out and in, in trying to be my best self, whatever that, that, that means in the season that I'm in, is I have these kind of quarters or seasons within a year of how I train. And those focuses are based off how much work I have on my plate, how much time I have to commit to um, either the exercise or the recovery necessary for the goals in each season. And some of it has to do with the actual season itself, whether kind of can, can affect that if, if um, you know, there's seasonality to food, there's seasonality to opportunities to do outdoor stuff, things in the pool, things, um, if it's raining, you know, raining season, it's going to be more things I'm going to do inside. So usually what happens when I get into the high season, I am mainly in a more maintenance phase. And what happens is I strip back a little bit more of my sugars in my diet. I also strip back, um, I try to pull back on the fat within my diet just a little bit. And I try to up the, the protein um, and my overall calories compared to winter, which is in a building phase where I'm all about strength. I'm all about getting a little bit of bulk. Um, when I'm in the summer, I'm about trying to stay as lean as I can uh, while still taking the, the, the go in between of when I can really train, um, and fit things in. So my diet of protein becomes like, I get up in the morning, I've kind of stayed pretty straightforward eggs, um, and oatmeal in the morning. Um, and then I try to make sure I, I schedule out having a snack uh, and a lunch, um, during the high season, even if it's very quick. Um, and then I finish the dinner. It kind of has a little bit of flexibility, but I, I'm trying to go 50, 50 on dessert where in the winter, I would say five days out of seven days, I'll have dessert in the summer. I kind of cut that back where uh, half the time I try to have a dessert on the end of the night. So that was works for me. It allows me to keep my, my weight in a certain point and it kind of keeps me in a leanness that I feel comfortable with. The last thing is, um, was something that I've been kind of interested in, in either a podcast or a YouTube video that really caught my eye that I've been listening to, or I've listened to is lately 
Um, one of the fascinations I've had over the last five years is how Marvel, the comic book entity studios, built out that first 10 years where they took Robert Downey Jr., they took Iron Man, and they started from there and they built this universe and they executed this 10 years of, I thought was brilliant from a media business entertainment standpoint. And I was always fascinated with more what happens behind the scenes to make that happen. And I often use different industries to get inspiration or to get maybe a different angle of how we're doing things to enhance it. And recently, uh, the episode, and we'll kind of put it in the, the notes, David Maisel, um, who started uh, Marvel Studios, his story that he does on Tim Ferriss's podcast that came out, I think earlier in, in, in June here, was, was awesome. Um, it talked about how he got started, how he raised the valuation. And one of the most interesting spots was how to create a deal that has almost little to no risk, but very big upside. And the story of how he did that was very interesting to me. And uh, for those who are interested in, in that type of thing, I would check out that podcast. And I think that is all I have this time. We're going to continue to do this more often with different questions. So make sure you subscribe to the latest uh, podcast, YouTube, Instagram. Just follow me on all things. And I look forward to sharing these uh, new stories coming out.